Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Deep European funded research, research into brain locations, the need for awareness, Pi Day deals and Discoculia one minute. This is our podcast for week 10 in 2016 and with us is Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com and we're going to look at the links provided on our website, DiscoCulia Headlines. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Thanks for having me. Good, well let's dive in. We have some very, very deep research uh, going on, apparently funded by the European Committee. And you've been looking at that for us. Uh, what, what can we learn here? Yes, uh, this is a very interesting study. And um, the people have looked into how our human uh, brain develops cognition, how, how we're learning, how we implement uh, and, uh, a, cognitive, a new cognitive process, how we get that in our brain. <coughs> now, there are basically two trains of thought. Firstly, the connectionist model, and that assumes uh, a complex, nonlinear interaction in neuron-like processing units, whatever that might be. It it has some uh, limitations Um, when you want to connect it to the actual biological structure in the brain. And this model also assumes that learning happens mostly through classification and association mm-hmm. using an external teaching input. Okay. But that's not always happening. Mm-hmm. So there's another way of looking at it. It's a more generative uh, connectionist uh, model. It's, it's a bit like um, uh, machine learning that uh, our um, 18-year-old son um, talks a lot about. He's uh-huh. very interested in that. And I wasn't aware of it, okay. but he, he taught me the basics of Machine it. learning. Yes. Now, this model uh, is um, assuming that the sensory data that we get into, for, into our brain from the outside world mm-hmm. get an internal representation in a more hierarchical structure, a kind of network with several layers, and that you have both um, bottom-up, but also uh, top-down interactions, and that they're actually mixed. And they were looking at the domain of numerical cognition, and using this uh, generative model, it happened to fit very nicely uh, with actual measurements, such as uh, reaction time and errors. Mm-hmm. Um, and the model also uh, allows for the idea of having specific number of neurons. And it also uh, fitted with development of number acuity, so how uh, clearly we um, recognize the size uh, of, of a number in children and it develops over time. So this is a really interesting uh, new way of looking at how the brain um, helps us to understand a new cognitive process, to implement it, to incorporate it. Okay, yeah. and that eventually will have some practical uses in, in, in teaching methodology. Absolutely. Very good. 
Very good. Well, funded by your European tax dollars. The, uh, the next link is a link uh, that we have dubbed um, uh, Brain Locations, and, and I, I think that's what it does. It, uh, it talks about specific locations in the uh, left and right side of your brain. Mm -hmm. And w what is new here for us? Yes, uh, that article uh, was published in uh, the journal Cerebral Cortex, and they were using a double physiological manipulation uh, to test where in the brain certain activities uh, take place. And uh, they looked at um, numerical magnitude using a visual-spatial memory task. And they had one hemisphere uh, stimulated uh, by water that you flow in, in the ear, which uh, changes your preference for left and right. And you, you feel kind of feel, tilted. Yeah, you feel a little bit that. dizzy then. Right. Absolutely. Also, uh, you can inhibit the activity of one hemisphere temporarily uh, by using transcutaneous direct current stimulation. So, by doing these two things, um, you could actually uh, locate um, activities in the brain, even those that are very close to each other, like in this case, uh, number allocation, so where, where do we process numbers, mm -hmm. and spatial attention. Now, the outcome of this um, study was that apparently there is a uh, left-to-right uh, preference for numerical encoding and that there is a connection with spatial attention. And this connection is in such a way that uh, we usually um, perceive smaller numbers that are associated with attention to the left side of the space and that we associate larger numbers with the right side of space. That's interesting. So your brain is like a warehouse organized, small numbers go left and larger numbers go right. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a that's kind <laughs> of simplified way of saying it, but there is some truth in that. Amazing. And so if you, if you have a preferential stimulation of your right hemisphere, mm -hmm. the people were uh, drawing clocks with more space devoted to the small numbers oh, of the clock. Oh, so that's they, they had more preference. Oh, wow. Yeah, and vice versa for that the left side. So they actually yeah. did that research by putting electrodes on people's head, running a, a small current through mm -hmm. it, and pouring water in their ears. Yeah. They must have had some brave volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. Well, thanks for that explanation. I'm not going to volunteer for those researches. The, uh, the, the next link that we have uh, is a lot lighter uh, reading material. And this is about somebody who, uh, who, again, underlines how much need there is for awareness of this calculia. And, uh, and this is just somebody who, uh, who has had this calculia all of her life. But their teachers and doctors just wrote it off as uh, ADHD, and um, and you know they just never bothered to test her. So uh, is this still something? Is this still current? Do you see this a lot in your uh, in your practice? Absolutely, and uh, I'm so happy that this comes out. This is 
really at the heart of our uh, mission to make sure that um, people know that dyscalculia is real, uh, also math anxiety, and that um, parents and teachers um, get and students tested so that we can um, provide them with a more effective way of learning math right. and take away the stress and make sure that they can um, they can reach their potential and that we're not holding them back in their later life by impairing their um, options in in um, middle and high school right. and in secondary education. It must, be, it must just make for an awful school time when you, when you have uh, you know, undiagnosed learning uh, disability. So, so our listeners are encouraged to actually forward our podcast and spread the awareness um, of dyscalculia among the population and especially among teachers who are not aware of this yet. Absolutely, yes. talking to Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. The next link, uh, that, that was a fun link. Uh, this, uh, this is the one for Pi Day. Well, Pi Day is uh, come and gone, but here's somebody who has some Pi Day activities uh, provided. So, uh, have you celebrated Pi Day? Absolutely. We yeah. have measured... Um, the circumference of different uh, plates and uh, we have actually uh, we, we, I didn't bake anything uh, this year but we have made uh, drawings and uh, all my students on Pi Day have done uh, specific activities and um, we, we draw other ways of um, approximating Pi and um, Particularly, the last activity that's uh, mentioned here is um, is very nice, and um, students were were um, they got into it. Yeah, they got they yeah. were into it, and they were actually surprised that you find the same uh, proportion between the diameter of a circle of a really small plate and, and a, really a fairly one. <laughs> large one. Surprise! That surprise! Was, Here's that pie. was definitely yeah, a, surprise. That is a surprise, and I'm sure that. Doing this hands-on yourself helps to uh, make a vivid memory, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they, will, they right. will remember. Absolutely. Well, I, I remember Pi Day. I was with my uh, son uh, on a college visit in Colorado, and uh, at the college where we were, there was actually a truck roaming around the campus with a giant Pi sign uh, on the back of it, and they were celebrating Pi mm-hmm. Day that, uh, that way. Good, so that was that link, and then we go for the last link uh, uh, of the week, and, and here is uh, a, a very nice Discoculia in one minute uh, video, and, and, and let's see if we can, uh, can listen into uh, to it for a bit. Let's see if what this is Discoculia? Discoculia is an unexpected difficulty with math and typically calculations. A dyscalculic student may be good at reasoning and thinking and have lots of creative ideas, but also have trouble with remembering math facts and doing arithmetic without errors. As many as 1 in 10 people may be dyscalculic, but most may not know it. It's important to know, though, because if you're dyscalculic, you learn differently, and it can be hard to see progress if you aren't taught the way that you learn best. 
It's important to know, too, that many people with dyscalculia can do quite well in math if they use a calculator, have accommodations like extra time for tests, and fewer homework problems. Dyscalculic students often have strong preferences in the way they learn math, so that learning more about different strategies like visual math, making math memorable through mnemonics, using manipulatives like interlocking cubes and number lines, as well as color coding and working open book are all things that can make huge differences at school. Dyscalculia is more common among students with dyslexia, dysgraphia, and ADD. Many types of testers don't look for math LD, so that might be one reason why dyscalculia isn't recognized as often. If you think that you or someone you know might have dyscalculia, get the facts. The knowledge will be empowering. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. So this is, yeah, this is a wonderful uh, little, uh, one minute. I mean, you know, it's, it's very concise. Uh, I think this will, this will spread some awareness. Oh, yes. It, it would be great if this little clip would be um, broadcasted on the uh, start of the school day, uh, whole school <laughs> announcement. Right, school uh, districts. And absolutely, yeah. that would be fantastic. And, and I do um, uh, appreciate that they say, ask the person who is going to do the evaluation of your uh, child or your student if that person is actually aware of and uh, trained to test for dyscalculia because uh, more often than not, a lengthy test assessment is done with a lot of details coming out and they have not specifically looked into uh, dyscalculia and then the diagnosis will not be made. Right. Right, and they'll miss an opportunity. Well, those were the links for uh, for this week. Thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder. We're looking forward to doing this again uh, next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Discalculia Services. You can also follow her on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Free downloads and a free Discalculia screener are available on her website, discalculiaservices.com. Discalculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discalculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discalculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discalculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discalculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discalculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.